Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 40 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard and remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. I hope a lot of you and all of you are uh, healthy and safe and getting through this as best as you possibly can. Um, It is a really, really uh, bizarre situation. We're going to talk a lot about how the cannabis industry has been affected so far and what might happen uh, with COVID-19. John Carl, the Executive Director of the Alberta Cannabis Council, will drop by the program and he will be able to tell us a little bit more about what's going on uh, with some of that stimulus money uh, that's going into every industry, it seems, but the cannabis industry. And also uh, what is happening and might happen with uh, store closures. Uh, Some have closed, some are staying open. So we'll get the latest from John on that situation. David Wiley from the OZ will join us for this week in Cannabis News, as he does each and every week. And a lot of focus will be on what is happening with COVID-19. But there's some other things to talk about. Some good and uh, some bad drinks. Good. Uh, Aurora stock. Not very good at all. And we've given Chris Ionson, our educator on what's that strain, we've given him the uh, the week off. He's been really, really busy at Nova, uh, Jasper Ave, um, and uh, we just weren't going to be able to sneak it in. Plus, we're practicing social distancing. Um, Chris will hopefully join us next week, probably in a Skype version, um, if we can make that work. Uh, so that's uh, kind of what we have going on the show this week. Uh, a little bit of a condensed version. By the way, uh, we were telling you about the Cannabis and Hemp Expo that was slated to take place April 25th and 26th at the Expo Center in Edmonton. That has now been uh, postponed. Um, it will be rescheduled at a later date. You can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. When they do reschedule, uh, we will hopefully be there with a booth. We had a booth for the first one, so hopefully the dates work out for us uh, whenever they are announced for the rescheduled uh, version, and hopefully we'll be there. But again, you can get information at CannabisHempExpo.com, and as long as we're going to be there, we will have some tickets to give away. All right, before we get into the meat of the show, i got to find out what's your groove? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. All right, so when I say groove, I want to know what you're going with while listening to this show. Maybe it's a joint, a bong. An edible, uh, some oil, who knows? Uh, maybe you got a nice CBD strain to help you relax and get through what is going on. But whatever it is, let me know what is your groove. So I'm going with a uh, something economical. Uh, it's the batch 
quince. Um, so I did, I did a bit of a stock up uh, run the, the other day. Um, money is a little bit tight for a lot of people. So I was trying to be economical and uh, five joints for about $27 is a pretty good deal. So I'm going with the batch, the quince. And now that I have my groove on, we can get on with the rest of the show. So let me know what you're grooving with. If you are, hit me up on Twitter at Duck Millard. And this is something I really want to tell you about. Regular listeners of this show know all about what's going on with uh, Lobo Genetics. You can get a DNA kit, by, and you can get 50% off when you use the promo code Cannabis 101. That's all one word, Cannabis 101. 50% off a DNA kit when you use that promo code at lobogene.com. Now you can find out how you metabolize with cannabis, how THC affects you and potential memory issues, uh, mental health issues, what you should be aware of. Uh, there's a lot of really good information. It's I always say it's like having your own bud tender. Uh, so check it out, lobogene.com and use the promo code cannabis 101 to get your DNA kit 50% off. Pretty awesome stuff. All right, we're going to get into our cannabis question, what goes well with cannabis, and then our interview with John Carl uh, from the Alberta Cannabis Council. Uh, right after we hear this little ditty, the weed song from the artist known as My Dead Dog. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Great stuff from uh, the artist known as My Dead Dog with The Weed Song. Our uh, cannabis question in this time of self-isolation, you can have one strain for self-isolation. What is it? One strain is uh, what you get during uh, this time where we have to stay at home. And don't kid yourself, cannabis is really important right now for a lot of people. For a lot of people, they use it uh, to help with some of their medical issues. For other people, they just like to Use it during the day, use it during the evening, use it to relax, use it for enjoyment. So if you only had one strain, what would it be? Justin Cardinal says, grasslands indica, nice sweet smell under 40 bucks for five grams. Can't go wrong. Jesse Ferguson, he's going with tangerine dream. That's my absolute favorite. I have a, a tangerine dream pen around here uh, that I grabbed. It's uh, pretty sweet. Uh, Z Kittles, Z Kittles from Alberta, 
Albert and Hockey Jesus, and I apologize if I've butchered the name of uh, of that one. Uh, but there you go. Uh, me, it's, uh, and you're not going to be surprised if you've listened to this show before, Blue Dream is my self-isolation strain uh, that I would be going with. Um, I just, it just makes me feel good. It's a pick-me-up, which I think we all need at uh, this point. Um, and, uh, I just, I just like the way it feels. It's a hybrid, so, um, I can pretty much use it at any point. So that's what I would be going with, uh, blue dream. And by the way, we will have a cannabis one-on-one podcast prize pack, uh, available. Um, if, uh, you want to participate in this question, uh, if you're watching on uh, our YouTube or the WeTube channel or social media, uh, you can see, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at the cannabis one-on-one. Instagram, we're at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Facebook, at Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can chime in on this and you can be anonymous if you would like to by emailing us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. You could still win the prize, but remain anonymous. So Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. So those are the ways that you can get a hold of us and chime in on what your self-isolation strain is. Mine's Blue Dream, as mentioned. Whatever yours is, let me know, and uh, you could win a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize pack. As for what goes well with cannabis, that's anything that pairs well with cannabis, I think it's pretty obvious right now that uh, self-isolation Um not that we want it, but that's what cannabis is 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 great for right now. Um, stay home, get creative, think of something, do something out of the box, out of the norm, something you've always wanted to do. If you always wanted to write a book, sit down at your computer right now and do that and bring cannabis along for the ride. So what goes well with cannabis is anything that pairs well with cannabis and self-isolation uh, right now. All right. Uh, on the other side of this interlude, we will hear from John Carl, the executive director from the Alberta Cannabis Council. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very pleased to welcome back to the program the executive director of the Alberta Cannabis Council, John Carl, is joining me. John. Um, like, uh, like all of us, I assume, uh, you're, you're stuck inside. How are you, uh, personally and, and your family, uh, getting through the situation we're going in, we're in right now? Well, Dean, thanks for having me back on your show. It's always a pleasure. Um, I think my family is fairly representative of everybody right now. Um, I'm working from home and trying to manage my children and, and figure out what their future looks like. So, yeah, we're we're all kind of in a holding pattern, wondering what tomorrow, next week, next month is going to look like for everybody. For sure, and uh, the cannabis industry is uh, in that same situation as a lot of other places. Um, I, I guess let's start with um, the, I, I I think the biggest concern for a lot of people in the cannabis industry is 
as of right now, and maybe you can give us an update, um, you know, the, the government funding packages out there do not seem to be including the cannabis industry. Is, is that uh, the, the correct uh, synopsis of it? Well, in a nutshell, yes. And we don't believe it's anything malicious on the part of government. But a lot of these emergency preparedness plans were written up before our industry even existed. So if they wrote a, a, a financial relief program, um, you know, doomsday what-if scenario, they probably wrote it five or ten years ago. And, uh, you know, we weren't around yet. So... We have been admitted from uh, the, some of the big relief packages, but I think by talking with government, some of the conversations we had, uh, that we're going to see them, you know, correct that mistake. And they've acknowledged it's a mistake and not intentional. So hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like it's just a, a matter of, um, you know, official wording right now, and, and that can be, uh, amended. Have you been uh, in conversation with uh, a number of people about this and, and it, 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 like outside of the industry in the government? And, um, you know, is, is this something that you think will be a quick fix or is this something that the cannabis industry is going to have to uh, wait for? Well, I certainly hope it will be a quick fix. Um, if March of 2020 is remembered for anything other than coronavirus, it will be remembered for how quickly government adapted and how quickly decisions are made. So there's really no reason this decision shouldn't be made quickly as well. But with that, we, we have had some conversation with government and with stakeholders. And yeah, we're, we're optimistic that this will get resolved. Um, you, you had mentioned kind of earlier that retailers were we're in the same boat as people are. And, and it's interesting because I've spoken to a few retailers uh, in the last few days and they're having some fantastic sales. Um, you know, people are coming into the stores and buying because they're all sitting at home with nothing better to do. So, right. you know, I, I'm going to guess the liquor stores are probably having a good run on their inventory. And certainly the cannabis stores that I've spoken to have, have been quite busy as well. So, that is encouraging for our sector that maybe we won't have to let go of staff, but you know, it's certainly there, there are things that can be done and should be done in order to protect the health and safety of both the consumer and the staff in the stores. And those are some of the other conversations that we're having with government right now. Right. And I think it's important to note that, um, you know, this isn't the cannabis industry saying, you know, you know, the, the tax discussion is one thing. This is uh, we just want to be treated uh, as an industry like everybody else. They just want to be in the same boat as, as everybody else. It's not asking for any kind of special treatment. Well, exactly. I mean, our employees are no different than any other industry's employees. They have to pay their rent. They have to buy their groceries. They have to feed their children. And they have to get by in these treacherous, terrifying times. So we're, as an association, just trying our very best to ensure that those people get the same protection that other Canadians are getting. Uh, there's no reason why they, those individuals should be penalized because they're working in the cannabis sector rather than in the grocery sector, right? 
a hundred percent. And, and I think also I, I saw the other day and I, I tweeted it out today, um, that I saw that, uh, you know, liquor, uh, restaurants are actually delivering, uh, liquor now, uh, with, with some of their food. And, you know, we know that there are some liquor delivery. Um, I, I, I'm wondering if cannabis would be able to be delivered during this time of, of self quarantine, like anything else, uh, is, is that, do you think a possibility right now? Well, Dean, here's the reality of this. Um, cannabis is already being delivered. It's just not being delivered by the legal market. It's right. being delivered by the black market. So we've been asking for the opportunity to have cannabis delivered to compete with the black market because, you know, since the day that this legalized, the goal was to overcome the black market with a legal market. So we have to be on the same playing field as them. I don't know that we're going to get delivery out of the Alberta government anytime soon. Some other provinces are allowing it and have been allowing it for a while, but I I think that's going to be a bit of a stretch for the Alberta government to do. Um, however, we're, we're hopeful that they will at least allow um, the, the opportunity for consumers to order online, pay online, come into the store, pick up their, their bag with their product and leave. Uh, with the goal of that being as little physical contact as possible and the shortest amount of time in the stores as possible. You know, almost like a drive-through environment, but mm-hmm. without the car. Right? Yeah, yeah um, it, it, exactly, yeah. I, I, I look yeah. at it and I just think, though, if the AGLC can say, yeah, restaurants, you can deliver alcohol with your food now, why can they not make that decision with, with cannabis? I just I, That's the question I ask. I, I believe they can make that decision. I but I believe they don't want to. Right. Yeah. To put it bluntly. Yeah. I, I, I would agree on that. Now, what are you hearing, John, um, from your retail uh, industry friends uh, and, and members of the Alberta Cannabis Council um, as far as what's happening with them? I know Fire and Flower, uh, I got an email from them about some store closures. I've heard from some other people in the retail industry that they are probably going to be closing soon. Um, what are you hearing on that front? Well, I've heard a lot of rumors, just like you have, um, that a lot of retailers are getting nervous. Uh, there's fear that you know they'll, their staff will get sick or that they will get sick, and and obviously that wants to be avoided. I know a lot of stores though are are taking precautions to ensure that their stores are kept clean uh, and to ensure that their stores are uh, safe environments for people to to come and purchase. So, as an example, I I know that uh, a few retail have limited the physical size of their store. They've put up temporary barricades so you can only come so far into the store. Uh, I know that they're wiping down and cleaning their stores um, quite regularly, far more regularly than you normally would, obviously. Um, I spoke with one retailer. And they actually have a staff member standing outside. The staff takes turns. They spend an hour outside each. Um, and whenever someone walks up to the store, it's the staff member who's touching the door and opening it so that that's the only person touching the door. Wow. So that there's a lot of precautions being made by our retailers to ensure that their staff are safe and that the consumer is safe as well. Yeah. Removing a lot of paper products and uh, a lot of the sample jars and things like that, uh, yeah. taking every precaution and, and wiping down. I know, 
Um, I, I know that's uh, happened in, in everywhere uh, because, uh, you know, it's, yep. just, it's no different than any other business. Uh, nowadays, you walk into a place and you think about it when you pull on that stainless steel knob to, to open the door or something like that. Things that we might not have thought about three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I, I was laughing at a, a friend of mine um, because as he opens the door, he reminds me of a teenage girl in her sweater. You know, they have the long sleeves. Well, right. He had his hand pulled up in his sleeve to open up the doors. Um, and I've started doing the same thing. We don't want to touch anything right now. Um, yeah, and, and one thing I think for your, your viewers and listeners to be aware of is that the majority of retail outlets, and, and I know this is true in cannabis. I, I would assume it's true in other markets as well. Uh, but they're no longer taking cash. They won't accept cash. Oh, uh, cash okay. Only. Right. And even in some environments, uh, sorry, in some stores, I've heard they're limiting your purchase to under a hundred dollars so that you are only able to do tap. Right. Taping up the credit card slot. So you're not touching the buttons. And right? that's so you, smart. You don't it's want to just, catch it from the machine. Yeah. You, you, you have yeah. to, you have to do this, right? We have to get ahead of the curve. You know, if, if anybody's been paying attention to, uh, particularly uh, the the chief medical officers and and people that have been speaking on that uh, behalf is getting ahead of this curve and and slowing this down and and we have to take extraordinary measures right now and and you know the other thing that we should mention for the for for cannabis uh, enthusiasts out there is you know cannabis is a very uh, social plant it's the 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 mere um, uh, atmosphere around smoking cannabis is about being social but let's stop sharing joints and stop sharing bongs and stop sharing Absolutely. right now. Right. We can have our own cannabis. Uh, you can be on one side of the room. I can be on the other side of the room, but the, the social aspect of cannabis has to come to a bit of a halt right now as well for a lot of people. You know, that's a great way to put it. Absolutely. People should not be sharing joints, bongs, vape pens or anything else like that. Uh, bring your own. I, I think it's okay to, you know, share a product that you've purchased right. um, in terms of butter oil, but by all means, don't just don't be sharing the joint. Don't pass it around the, the circle like we used to. That, yeah. That's not, that's not good for anybody. Yeah, it, it isn't. And, and, you know, we will um, in time be able to have a, a, a giant joint circle when this is all done and, and really uh, be able to, uh, to celebrate. And, and, and I guess, in terms of retail stores, um, the, the the ones that can will stay open is until they're told they, they can't anymore, I guess. Uh, and I guess we all have to abide by the guidelines. We've seen casinos and bingos and things like that. Um, are you hearing anything in the way of uh, cannabis stores being forced to, to be closed during this, uh, during this time? No, I haven't. In fact, I've heard the exact opposite. Uh, in conversation with the AGLC here in Alberta, they're making every effort as well to keep their supply system uh, healthy and operational. So as long as the licensed producers continue to provide products to them, they will continue to provide products to the retailers uh, unless government makes a decision otherwise. But everybody in the supply chain is cognizant of the current crisis. And this might sound a little bit silly, but we all recognize that when you're locked up at home, it becomes your relaxation entertainment type products that you're going after. So, mm. you know, I heard Netflix has upped the strength of their servers and their bandwidth. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that Shaw and Telus are opening up more bandwidth for people without extra cost. Um, you know, alcohol supply is uh, being protected, taken care of. 
why not cannabis the same way? Um, you know, the, the grocery stores are making potato chips and chocolate bars and fruit the, the biggest priority um, in terms of their stocking the shelves. It's the first thing they're putting on the shelves every night because people want that, that pleasant distraction from the reality of what we're facing. So I, I think cannabis will be one of those products that, you know, tremendous effort is put into ensuring that the supply chain doesn't get disrupted through this. Yeah, your comfort products, right? Uh, chips, movie, yeah. and, and a joint. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you mentioned licensed yeah. producers. What is the concern for licensed producers right now? I, I, I would imagine... Um, and just from what I'm reading, um, it would be staff shortages and, and what happens. You can't just walk away um, from a plant for seven or eight days unless they're at automated systems. But what are you hearing from LPs right now? Well, I'm hearing from the LPs that uh, this is actually not that big of a threat to them um, because they sterilize so heavily anyways before you get into the grow rooms. Their staff are pretty much naturally protected mm. within the, the day-to-day operation of the organization. So um, one gentleman from one of the, the LPs that are members of the Alberta Cannabis Council, he, he was saying that by the time you get to the back of the building where the grow rooms are, you've gone through so much uh, sterilization and cleaning and hand washing and all the rest of it that if there's a bug on you, it's dead. Right. Um, so they're not actually overly concerned about their staff in that regard, um, unless they, they get sick on the outside of work, but you know, the, the staff are taking their, their reasonable precautions as well. And I'm sure they're not, you know, going to large social gatherings or anything else like that because they, they want to keep working as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the bigger fears though, is the, the packaging, um, you know, it, it has to be packaged in a certain container in a certain way. And with China being shut down for as long as they have been, I think the bigger concern is a, a supply chain issue for, for packaging. So what does all that stuff's made in China? Yeah. So what does that look like? And, and do we know how, have any kind of a time frame where that situation gets critical? Is it two weeks, three weeks, a month? Do we know? I have no idea. Huh. That's the no scary part, right? That's the scary part. It is. Yeah, and I, I think it might also depend on each LP, each supplier, each sure. packaging. And, and I would think, given how quickly government is adjusting and adapting to uh, the current situation, if we started running out of packaging, I think that would be a fairly easy thing for us to discuss with AGLC and say, hey, come on, guys, we need you to open this up. Right. You know, let us <laughs> let us go back to baggies or something. I, I, I don't know what the, the solution is, but I'm sure we'll find it if it becomes an issue. It, it seems to be the the biggest concern um, around the cannabis industry, aside from the you know the stimulus packages that are out there, is that just making sure all their staff are healthy. If the, if the staff are healthy, they can continue to operate at the retail level, at the licensed producer level. And, and I guess that's no different for any business, right? If, if Safeway didn't have enough staff, well, then, then what are they going to do, right? So it's the cannabis industry, other than that stimulus package, seems to be in the same boat as a lot of other people. And and I thought maybe this was going to be a lot worse um, uh, as far as an outlook on the industry. But it does seem like it's, you know, having the same challenges and no more extra challenges than, than other industries. Well, yeah, absolutely right. And I would actually hazard a guess, and this is purely uh, my theory coming from my home office, um, 
not, uh, I'm not an expert on this in the industry, but I would actually think that logistically the cannabis sector might actually have an advantage over the uh, pre-existing industries that, that are being hit simply because most of our processes and most of the, the policies developed by cannabis companies have been developed in the last two years. Um, they're, they're new, modern, innovative approaches to pre-existing problems. So, you know, a, a big LP or a big retailer can very easily move their office staff to a home-based model because their infrastructure has been designed around the cloud and virtual connectivity, uh, even if you're in the same building. Right, everyone's on laptops and mobile devices and that sort of thing. But if you're a 70-year-old um, law firm or accounting firm, you might not have that same mobility and modern technology in your processes. You might still be on paper. Uh, you might be using desktop computers. You might not have the level of mobility that a new young organization like an LP or retailer would have. And keep in mind that we draw a young staff or a, a young demographic to, to work in this industry that are very comfortable with that mobile technology. Yeah. It's a very, very so, good point. Um, what, yeah. what else are you hearing? Um, I guess from, from any, you know, we've talked about retail, uh, we discussed the LPs. Uh, is there anybody else in the industry that is dealing with, uh, specific challenges right now or, and what are you hearing from the rest of the industry as far as concerns going forward through this? Well, I think if anything, this is uh, the current crisis is shining a spotlight on the areas of legislation that are are troubling or concerning for the industry. Things like the buy online and pick up in store uh, restrictions and, and that sort of thing. So, for the sector, I think this will, when we look back on it, this will be a time for us to to recognize. Um, how we can strengthen the industry, how we can be more competitive with the black market, how we can be better. But I think everybody across the industry, whether it's HR professionals or office staff or growers or retailers or bud tenders or you know anybody in or related to or around the sector, um, we're, we're all in the same boat. And that, that speaks, I think, to the Canadian mentality. Um, there wasn't a lot of legislative push or pressure on companies in Canada to support people and to support industry, to support the, the staff and, and each other as Canadians. And, and that's, that's what being Canadian is all about. Um, you know, WestJet and Air Canada did not jack up their pricing to try to make a buck off of getting people home. Mm. Uh, they've done everything they can to make it convenient, easy for people to cancel their flights. Uh, Safeway is opening, uh, or Sobeys actually, and I think maybe Safeway as well. A bunch of grocers are opening up super early in the morning to allow seniors to come in yes. before the rest of the population touches anything. Like, there's a lot of that going on in this country that isn't being legislated, it's just ingrained in who we are as Canadians. And if anybody ever wonders why the cannabis sector is flourishing in Canada, why so many companies choose to grow and work and exist in Canada. This crisis is the perfect explanation of it. We come together as a community and we're part of that community as the cannabis industry. You're right. And, and I think it's so important to, um, you know, as, as much as we can to stay open, uh, those retails and those LPs, because, 
Uh, if that shuts down, then we know what happens, right? People just return to the black market or go to the black market, right. and and you know that it, it it you can unfortunately wipe away a lot of hard work that's been done if cannabis is not available at the legal level. Exactly, and a lot of people that are now consuming and enjoying cannabis from the legal market, they might not know a person in the black market, so who knows who they're getting hooked up with. Right. Who knows who they're, they're buying the product from? Um, there's a predatory existence there that we have to be mindful of. And and let's remember that the black market is a group that generally don't mind selling cannabis to minors. They generally don't worry about what additives or chemicals are in their product. That's scary. So it we, is. we have to keep this industry alive and healthy. It is. Uh, John Carl is the executive yeah. director of the Alberta Cannabis Council. And uh, John, just before we uh, we'll let you go, uh, for those that are uh, in the cannabis industry or interested, uh, uh, they can find more information about the Alberta Cannabis Council and, and how do they become members? Uh, well, very easily they can visit our website at albertacannabiscouncil.ca or they can phone me directly. Um, our office number is 587-855-6100. Uh, and I'm happy to talk with everybody in the industry because we're all in this together. Great stuff, John. Thanks once again for joining me uh, over the phone this time as we are doing our part for social distancing. And best of luck through this, and we'll talk to you in the future. Sounds good, Dean, and thanks for everything you do for the industry. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ, OkanaganZ.com slash OZ, joining me as he does each week. And uh, David, uh, this is, um, you know, every person I've talked to uh, in this podcast and my other podcasts, uh, we start the same way. We are living in such a, uh, a strange time right now. Are we ever? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, COVID-19 started off as an inconvenience to... Uh, to us donors and not being able to find the right materials to clean our bongs and vaporizers. Uh, you know, but let me tell you, it's no laughing matter now. This is, uh, this is definitely something that, um, that's a big deal. And I hope that everyone out there is staying healthy and heeding the advice of, uh, of the health authorities. Yes, for sure. And, uh, like every other industry right now, um, the cannabis industry is affected by COVID-19 uh, specifically, uh, when we talk about the retail level, uh, Fire and Flower sent out uh, an email about uh, several of their stores uh, being closed right now. A lot of other stores have reduced hours, and uh, that's just in Alberta. Uh, BC is no different, and and the rest of the country, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. These are these are frontline workers, and you know, hats off to them. Uh, anyone that out there that's helping people stock up or get whatever they need. Uh, as we're being told to stay indoors. And, you know, as, as COVID-19 spreads, uh, starting to raise questions about whether or not it's prudent for cannabis retailers to close their doors at this point and uh, maybe rely on delivery services. Um, Canada's biggest weed company, they say yes. On Tuesday, Cannabis Growth announced that it was temporarily closing all of its corporate-owned retail stores amid uh, this pandemic. Um, they're, you know, they're following the guidance that's being given by those public health bodies. And uh, Canopy Growth Executive made the decision to temporarily close all of its Tokyo Smoke and Tweed retail locations across Canada, of which there are 23. They have stores in uh, Newfoundland, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, 
and the Tweed Visitor Centre in Smith Falls, Ontario, is closing as well. And their their rationale is that they want to do their part to flatten the curve by limiting social interactions. And for them, that meant to shift to e-commerce. Um, you know, not every retailer has that ability. Uh, and despite appeals from our Prime Minister to stay home, there are other cannabis retailers that are not following suit, closing their doors. Uh, our provincial cannabis retail store here in BC is BC Cannabis Stores. They said that they are going to remain open. Uh, they put into place a lot of uh, a lot of policies um, to try and keep customers safe and keep employees safe. That includes cleaning and dis- disinfecting uh, frequently touched areas like door handles and cash register countertops, pin pads. Those sniff pods that are being used. Um, Spirit Leaf also is staying open. The one here in the Okanagan, well, there are four, but one of those locations uh, is has removed those sniff pods. Because to them, you know, that's a really, um, that's an area that's, that's touched all the time. And they want to make sure that they're doing their best to keep their customers and their employees safe. Yeah. And a lot of uh, the retail outlets have removed paper products um, that can't be uh, disinfected and, and things like that. So they are taking, uh, the ones that are staying open are taking uh, enormous uh, steps uh, to make sure that the, uh, the staff, and the customer is protected. I was speaking with John Carl from the Alberta Cannabis Council earlier in this episode, and there was even uh, one store that uh, just had an employee outside opening the doors uh, for all of the customers so they didn't even have to touch doorknobs, which is something that we weren't thinking about three weeks ago. Now, every time I touch a doorknob or a door handle, I'm thinking about who has touched it uh, before me right now. Um, the, you know, the, the one thing, David, is is I, I, I worry about the cannabis stores closing and then what happens? People just go to the black market and, uh, you know, if they don't know somebody in the black market, then you don't know what you're getting. What I think should be happening is cannabis, like uh, alcohol, should be able to be delivered at this time. Um, you know, there's restaurants, the AJLC in Alberta, uh, is allowing restaurants that are licensed to deliver liquor with their meals. And I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, because listen, people are, are at home, they're isolated. Um, cannabis could be a big help to a lot of people right now, but uh, either the stores are closed in their area or they can't get to them. I, th- I think this is where cannabis delivery, you know, should be fast-tracked so, you know, people can, you know, as, especially people that use this for medicine. This is really changing the way that the world is working and looking at proactive ideas like allowing delivery service is exactly where we should be going. Um, you know, numerous private retailers are staying open and reporting a big spike in sales as people are stocking up. Like you said, this is medicine. And San Francisco is one city that's declared cannabis stores to be an essential service right. among all this. Um, you know, ordering online is an option. But again, you have to go out to collect the package. Canada Post has made changes to its delivery methods as a result of this. And it's not going to be delivering packages to the door anymore that require proof of identity or a signature. And we get it. Canada Post wants to do its best to protect its employees. Um, So now what's going to happen is if you're ordering cannabis in BC, uh, which is delivered by Canada Post, you got to go to the post office to pick it. Um, So for those who are in in isolation because they're sick or they may be or they've come back from travel 
there's not really much as far as they're as far as they have for options at this point. And there's a lot of places uh, that are only, or not a lot of places. There are some places that are only allowing purchases of under a hundred dollars, so you can only use the tap function and uh, cash is being taken out mm. of the uh, of the equation uh in a lot of transactions so there is a lot being done um which is uh, obviously socially responsible uh, to make sure that uh you know the employees and the customers and all of us are are healthy yeah absolutely and we should continue along those lines too we want to make sure that that you know that we're healthy that's something that we've been saying from the start just in reference to cannabis is that it's not only to get high, but it's to get healthy. And, you know, we, I stand by that. 100%. Um, you know, speaking of uh, money changing hands and, and cash flow, which is uh, cash is out of the equation right now in a lot of transactions, but uh, th- there could be a disruption um, it, depending on how long this goes in the cannabis industry. Yeah, cash isn't something that cannabis producers seem to have a lot of these days. And that is definitely something that could become a problem. Uh, I recently did a story on Valance and they're an extraction company in Kelowna. And the CEO of Valance made a statement in an an investor call which he said cash is king and at this point LPs don't really have a lot of it. Now that was before COVID became a thing, but it translates here. And the analyst Graham Kreinler from State Capital, he made the point, too, that having cash on hand uh, is going to help companies get through this escalating crisis. They need to have some firm footing to negotiate with suppliers because basic supplies that are needed in this industry are becoming stark. Um, Protective gear like masks, uh, those full body suits, they are something that employees who are producing cannabis products have to wear and they're becoming shorter in supplies. They're going out to, um, to first responders and those who are in the medical community in order to protect them as they're helping people. Now this analyst uh, also says that, uh, that companies like Canopy Growth or Kronos Group or Apria, they have some of the strongest cash positions in the industry and it's going to be a little bit easier for them to deal with this. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of other LPs, uh, they're going to see those resources, uh, you know, a little bit more difficult to come by. And we're also looking at the potential shipping delays, factory shutdowns in China. Uh, and that's where a lot of the vape hardware is being produced. So that could lead to shortages uh, when it comes to those kinds of products. Uh, you know, on the bright side, I guess, if there is such a, such a thing right now, we're not going to see, or not likely to see at this point, any real shortages on flour. Uh, because the, the regulatory environment is such that it's generally produced here and uh, hopefully we won't see a disruption in the supply chain on that end of things. David Wiley from the OZ joining us for This Week in Cannabis News. You can find them, of course, at okanaganz.com slash OZ. And, um, you know, one of the uh, the uh, fascinating in a, in a bad way, sort of like a, a you know, can't turn away from a car accident sort of uh, metaphor is uh, what is going on with Aurora cannabis over, uh, I guess, you know, you can, you can look at uh, a year ago, the stock has dropped and their former CEO, Terry Booth sold over 12 million shares in the last couple of days. Strange things going on uh, with Aurora cannabis right now. 
And boy, oh boy, you know, it's in only a short period of time, we've really started to see the rise and fall of some of these cannabis giants. Uh, and, you know, in this environment right now, boy, it's worth uh, everything is falling. The, the Dow and the TSX are just record losses right now. And as people get spooked, it falls further. Now, Aurora Cannabis shares have actually plummeted from over $13 a share about a year ago to under a cent now. And the company's founder, uh, director, and former CEO, yeah, Terry Booth, he's sold nearly 12.2 million shares over the last few days. Uh, and that's two-thirds of his position in the company's equity. So he uh, announced his retirement from the CEO position in February. And uh, the management says that this share sale is actually part of a previously announced transition plan. Um, but boy, does it ever send a message to investors to see that much stock unloaded in this kind of a market. And they're not the only ones. There's another canary in the coal mine, as there always is. And uh, that comes in the form of Tilray. Now, if you could believe this, in 2018, Tilray stock was worth 150 bucks U.S. a share, and today it's trading for 250. Wow! Uh, what a fall! And you know, overall, cannabis stocks have been losing investors' money for a while now, and uh, COVID-19 is not helping matters. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, we won't uh, we won't see too much more. Um, you know, but honestly. Is there a basement? I remember a couple weeks back, you asked me how far it might fall. And I said, I don't know. I still don't know. You think that you hit bottom and there's yet another floor below it. Well, yeah. And that, you know, the, the, the floor that just dropped out is COVID-19, right? You think you're at the bottom and then, uh, you know, a pandemic, a global pandemic is upon us. And, you know, it's not, it, it, cannabis is, uh, you know, not, uh, uh, bulletproof uh, like any other industry right now and this is just uh you know kicking them when they're down almost uh it's a uh, you know and, and then there's you know talk about the the glow the the canadian wide uh, stimulus uh, from the government and whether cannabis <laughs> industry is going to be included in that i mean it just seems like uh you know the cannabis industry is getting so many lefts they're begging for a right I saw on Twitter that BDC was saying basically that they don't serve the cannabis industry. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a legal industry here in Canada that needs help. There are a lot of people that work in this industry, that invest in this industry, that rely on it. And uh, it's unfair just to leave to leave them out of any kind of aid at this point. For sure. Uh, the, the one thing that we can all do uh, during this time um, as cannabis consumers is be smart about it. I mean... You're not, you're not going to sit there and pick up a drink uh, and share a drink or a cup or a Kleenex with somebody else right now. So don't share your joints or your bongs or your pipes mm -hmm. or your vapes. Um, you know, and, and I know cannabis is a very social culture and we're going to get back to a giant joint circle at some point, <laughs> but it just can't happen right now. We have to be responsible as cannabis users. We do. And the Ontario Cannabis Store was definitely um, you know, beating on this message saying don't share joints, vapes, pipes, bongs, uh, because it does COVID-19 spread through respiratory droplets that are released when you speak, when you cough, when you sneeze, uh, and also left on shared items like forks, glasses, or joints and vapes. Um, so also we've, we're being told to limit our group exposure Um uh, to wash our hands very often and this all this stuff tracks it's pretty common sense um the ontario cannabis store also says that if you're sick don't smoke 
Uh, it's been re- reported that COVID-19 causes infections in the nose, throat, and lung. Uh, and, you know, smoking cannabis, just like smoking anything, can impact your lung health. So if you're feeling sick, uh, it's, it's good to take a break from smoking from smoking or vaping. There are other options with cannabis 2.0 products out there right now. And as far as the retail level goes, you, there's good advice coming out of Spirit Leaf, and that's to uh, to call ahead or check their menu ahead and make sure that they know you're coming in, they can put your products aside, and that way you have to spend less time in the store. And you get in, get what you need, and get out. Yeah, and and there's uh, several um, uh, retail outlets that use that. Fire and Flower has the Fast Lane. Uh, they're actually giving a discount, I think, on uh, on Fast Lane users. Uh, I've used it plenty of times. Uh, it's easy. You go on their website, find your location, uh, pick your product, uh, order it. You walk in there, and it's ready. You even get to skip the line. It's it's like. I use it regularly, so I encourage people to use those sort of things, uh, particularly right now when we want to spend less time interacting with each other, unfortunately, and less time dealing. So you can get in, get out, uh, dealing with other people and in, in person, I mean. So you get in, get out, use your tap, whatever it is, less contact, the better. Now, this is uh, crazy times and it's very scary. And uh, we've talked about a lot of stories that have a, uh, unfortunately a, a negative uh, connotation to them because of what's going on. Let's end with a positive in that drinks are very, very close to hitting store shelves. Mm-hmm. We've been excited about this for a while yes. and it's, it's good, good to see, especially with that advice that if you're feeling sick, don't smoke. Right. Well, Hey, you got drink options now. So those, those long-awaited fizzy drinks are becoming available across the country. Um, I've already seen people picking up a few. You've got uh, every brand right now. Valance has a drink out in Ontario Base Camp. And now Tweed says that its houndstooth and soda are being sourced across the country. So they began shipping to uh, provincial boards and retailers nationwide uh, late last week. And uh, I'm excited to see these. They're, they're interesting. Uh, so Basically, they left the distribution center on March 11th, and Canopy says that uh, the availability, unfortunately, at this point in time might be a little low. Uh, You know, it's a rollout of an early product, but you will start to see them through your online stores and your your brick-and-mortar retail. Uh, Like we've said before, check the menu online before you go. If you're looking for something and you want to find it, check online. See if you can find it first. There's no sense in showing up at a store looking for them or going all over and shopping around the place. That's not what we want to be doing right now. Uh, but as far as the details on these, the tw- the Tweed Houndstooth ones that are coming out uh, are the high CBD. And that's, uh, that's generally what we're seeing at the moment. We're seeing more of the high CBD drinks and not so much the THC ones. But uh, it won't take long for those ones to roll out too. And uh, definitely something that I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, we're also starting to see some other edible products come through. Tr- uh, chocolate truffles. Boy, yeah. I haven't got my hands on those. I did. But I have not seen so many positive reviews for a cannabis product um, as these are getting. So something worth trying. Um, you know, it's we're all stuck inside now, right? So yeah. why not get out there and experiment with some new products? Uh, and, and see, uh, you pass the time. I had some of the Edison bites and it was, it was ridiculously good. 
and and it was uh, and and the product and it worked too. It, it was really really good. So I I uh, encourage people to uh, check some of that stuff out uh, for sure. The drinks are I'm I'm really interested to see um, you know what comes out of them. Um, you know is it uh, is it going to be a, in a bottle and a can? You know what's going to be the THC percentage and things like that. I know we're going to see. We've heard a lot about fast onset. Uh, so it's really, I'm really encouraged to see that. Uh, I know tea has been, THC tea has been making its way through and we'll get mm-hmm. THC mm-hmm. drinks in a little bit, but I think the drinks are going to be a real interesting one, especially with spring, summer coming up. Yeah. Great, great idea to sit out on your patio and, and have a sip. I've seen them mostly in cans right now. Okay. And that, that was one of the, the big problems early on was that they, they, they were having trouble with the can and how it interacted with, uh, you know, with, with the THC that was in it. Um, so it looks like they've got that sorted. Um, and yeah, I, I, I make my own kombucha and add some, uh, simple cannabis syrup to it. And it's, it's great. So I've been drinking my own home brew drinks myself. And, uh, based on my experience with them, I just can't wait to taste what, uh, what the professionals are doing. Oh, that's a, that's really good. And that's a really good point about uh, doing stuff yourself. Um, uh, you can go buy cannabis oil and chocolate bar, and it's going to be a lot cheaper in the long run. And you have edibles, uh, uh, homemade at your house. Uh, you know, if you don't want to keep going back to the store to buy pre-made chocolates, uh, which are delicious, buy a, a, a jar of oil, and go buy some chocolate bars from your convenience store, and you have homemade edibles. And there's no no 10 milligram limit right. to your homemade goodies, that's for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Sky's the limit. Awesome stuff, David. Well, we'll end on a high note, uh, pardon the pun, uh, with the drinks, and hopefully they're <laughs> on their way. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on uh, this episode. Hopefully you and yours are uh, staying safe and, um, you know, uh, day by day, we'll get back to normal at some point, as long as we're smart about it. Yeah, you bet. And to you and, and all the listeners out there, you know, all, all the best to everyone in these tough times. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, big thanks to David Wiley and, of course, John Carl uh, from the Alberta Cannabis Council. Uh, We did our 420 followers contest on Twitter a while back, and then we awarded a prize package. We're doing the same thing on Instagram. Uh, Just follow us on Instagram at the Cannabis 101 podcast. And once we reach 420, everybody involved will be eligible for a Cannabis 101 podcast prize package. Thank you very much for tuning into this abbreviated show of the Cannabis 101 podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe uh, here on YouTube, the WeedTube, uh, or any podcast site that you know of, we are there. And leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show and please uh, how we might be able to make it better. And if you are interested in being a part of the show, uh, whether it's as a guest or an advertiser, you can email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. As we head to break, it's the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. 
as he plays us out in another week. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Yeah.